0: Oh, what an interesting morning, huh? I got to say, right out of the gate, um, I am grateful for the countless gifts we have here at Sacred Heart, but in particular for our stellar director of sacred music who is able to on the fly just sort of handle things so well, even when the keyboard suddenly decides that it's in a hairband and like needs to sound a little crazy, and yet she can still make "Oh, Come All You Faithful sound gorgeous just like always. So thank you so much, Flora. and just still kind of like basking in the afterglow of the beauty of the Christmas Eve and Midnight Mass and Christmas Day Mass. I mean, all of it was so good. And, you know, and here we are today, and you never know what we're going to get thrown at us, right? You know, like you just don't know what's coming next. The speaker that's been working so well since May decides to like go on strike or something. It's working right now, so thank you, speaker. You know, just you never know what's going to come. And I think in some ways that actually... Plays in well to what we're celebrating today, with the solemnity of the Holy Family. And I'll tell you, this is, for me at least, I mean, it feels like kind of a hard one to preach. Now, there's two reasons. One is you may remember we just had like a marathon of masses like a day ago, you know. So I was like all ready for that. It's like it does take like particular spiritual energy to give homilies, and I'm running a little bit close to e. So I apologize for that. I'm going to do my best. But the other thing is when it comes to the family itself, it kind of reminds me of you know like two fish talking and one says the water's really nice today and the other one says what's well, water. And you know, it's like one of those things where you're in the context of it all the time that you just kind of forget, you know, what what this is. This is something absolutely important around us, but the family is just kind of that context in which we all are, right? and how important it is and fundamental, and so in some ways to kind of stop and say, hey, the context in which we live is very important. Like, Yeah, it is, but how do we sort of dive into it and talk more and more about it? Well, I was reflecting myself about just you know, some of the greatest gifts in my life, and I think one of them in particular is sort of summed up in a particular picture, And in fact, if I remember, later on today when I go to my parents' house, I'm going to take a picture of it and I'm going to put it on Facebook. So check it out. And it's a picture from when we were celebrating my parents' 25th wedding anniversary. And the way that we did it that year was all four of us kids, and this was an interesting time. I was in my first year of seminary. My siblings had not yet met their spouses. We were just kind of like all in our like sort of college, figuring out where we're going next. Like, Everything hadn't taken off yet 15 years ago. And we spent the whole day going out taking family pictures, some at what's called the world's most beautiful drive. I bet you didn't know that was in Peoria, Illinois. It is, according to Eleanor Roosevelt. You can look it up. It's very exciting, but it's kind of neither here nor there. So we took pictures there, and then we went to this studio that happened to be in the office building where my dad worked. And when we were in the midst of getting a picture with the four of us kids and my parents, In pops Gary Baranowski, my dad's boss. And all of us, like, just sort of like, we were laughing and going back and forth and joking around. And all of a sudden, he's in the picture with us, too. And you know how sometimes, like, there are pictures where everybody is kind of, like, putting on a smile, but it's not real? This was genuine laughter. And it's one of those things that I appreciate so much because when my siblings and I start going back and forth, um... I put it this way, you don't want to be the butt of the joke. My poor dad, he gets, you know, gets hit a lot of the times. But when we start, like, going, you know, and making fun of each other, you know, in a way that doesn't hurt, but we're, like, having fun with it, like I said, all of a sudden, here's Gary Baranowski. And we're all laughing, but it's, like, real and genuine happy laughter. And it was just such a good moment that I'm grateful to God got captured in a photograph. Like I said, I'll, if I can find it, I think it's still on the wall in my parents' room because we love Gary Baranowski so much. We'll take that. I'll take that picture and put it up. But it's one of those things where it's like you can't sort of plan for that exactly for that moment. It's like those times when you're just going back and forth with the family and it's good and it's happy and you're building each other up at the same time that you're making fun of each other's foibles, you know, and you're all kind of going back and forth and it's just an incredible thing. And it's a gift from God that that kind of a context is even possible. Now, I will say the thing about a family is, you know, you're capable of bringing the best out of each other, but as they say, you know, it's like, you know, the fall of the best is the worst. You're also capable of hurting each other more than anybody else's, right? It's the weird mystery of if I go to Food Lion after Mass today and I'm walking down the aisle And some guy bumps into me. It's like, okay, whatever. Have a good day. Merry Christmas. We'll see you later. My brother does that? What are you thinking? How dare you bump into me? Why aren't you looking where you're going? You know, it's like we do this all the time. It's hardest to be patient with the people we love the most. And I think part of that comes from the fact that the devil knows how important the family is. And like I said before, it's like those, those two fish. You, know? you, just, you can forget how good it is, and so you just kind of take it for granted sometimes. I can't tell you how many confessions I've had that someone from the age of seven to 18 is confessing the fact that they fight with their siblings. Yes, if you think that I'm saying, oh my gosh, he's saying what I said in confession, it's every seven to 18 year old, okay? Everybody does it, right? We all fight with each other, it happens. And inevitably, and this is where I bring in my own family stuff, I always tell them, like, hey, I get it. I mean, brothers, sisters, they're annoying. So are parents sometimes. It is what it is. But at the same time, and I usually say, I'm a little bit older than you, but I wish I could go back in time and have that time with my siblings again. Did we fight? Yes, we did. Do we still fight? Yes, we do. I wish we didn't, but we do. You know, but I'll say to them, like, hey, this time at home will not last forever. Appreciate it it's one of those things where we have to make sure that we continue on with the maintenance all the time of those that we're supposed to love the most, those that are under our roof. And don't get me wrong, I know, we're all fallen human beings and you can only control you, you can't control them, but you do have to do your part. And I think this day in particular shows us how important the family is because when you think about it, God has gone from the point of you know, appearing, at, you know, appearing in the bush that's on fire but not consumed, coming to you know, Moses on top of Mount Sinai with you know, all the wind and the fire and the lightning. I mean, just think about Charlton Heston, right? I mean, all of the incredible special effects. You think about Elijah, you know, up on the mountain. In the, the, he's not in the earthquake. Okay, it didn't go. But, you know, and like, so we know that you know, he's there and it's like this, this, this quiet whispering voice. But now, in the fullness of time... God has come to us, incarnate, a man like us in all things but sin, and being human, he became human in a family, with a mom, with a dad, was with them. That context is so important. Could he have just sort of appeared like the Terminator and just gone forward? Yes, he could have, but he didn't because the context of the family is so important and remember throughout Advent, you know, we, we meditated on the first three commandments that all have to do with our relationship with God. And then the next seven have to do with our relationship with one another. But notice sort of like the bridge is the first of the next seven, right? The fourth commandment, you shall honor your father and your mother. But The fascinating thing is that's the one commandment that comes with a promise. You shall honor your father and mother that things will go well for you and you will have a long life in the land. It's like right from the beginning, we're being told, this is important. You've got to learn how to love one another, and you've got to learn how to love the one who lives under the same roof as you. The first reading today from Sirach is sort of like a commentary on that commandment. It came about 1,200 years after we got that commandment, but it shows us about all the good things that happens when we honor our parents, and then sort of by association, the rest of the family, too. And I'm not going to give you a bunch of quotes from it, but once again, just like I gave you homework as we meditated on the first three commandments, well, the next one, the fourth, honor your father and your mother. It's paragraphs 2197 to 2257 in the Catechism. And it is full of beautiful just meditations from scripture, from writings of the church, from documents of the Second Vatican Council about how important... What we do with each other is. But I would say one thing would be missing if I don't sort of go to the next level. We're talking about family, and that's so important. But notice today is the solemnity of the what? The holy family. We have to make sure that that holiness element is a part of everything that we do. Yes, we can talk about family psychology and different ways of getting through problems, and all those things are great. But I would say the thing that will ultimately Keep us going, that will ultimately help us to overcome what can feel like impossible things to forgive. As I said, no one is as good at hurting us as those that we love the most. And to be able to forgive those wounds, man, that takes divine help, that takes grace. And that's where the emphasis on the holy has to come in. Look at this gospel today. It's a fascinating thing when you reflect on the the mystery of the presentation of Christ in the temple. If anybody ever had a right to say, "Eh, I'm kind of tired, I'm just going to sleep in and not go to church today. Wouldn't you think it would be the Son of God and his blessed mother who is without sin? And St. Joseph who is called righteous all the time, right? They could say, you know, we're good. Don't really feel like making the the difficult trek to the temple and getting the turtle doves and all of this business, it's so difficult, right? I mean, they could say that and be justified more than any of us, and yet they do it. And our Lord Jesus Christ submits himself to his parents, and you better believe that they love God. That they follow the practices of their faith, that they go about all this. As we know, when he turns 12, they're going to go back to the temple. He's going to get lost for three days, right? But they're there in the first place. And I would say, what an example for each and every one of us to remember that fact that the family that prays together stays together. Those little rhymes are really important sometimes, and I know it can be kind of corny, but let's be honest when we take the time to pray especially the Our Father you know, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and I'll tell you when I when I'm at the altar, okay, when someone's not flipping the pages for me, when you have all these deacons, it's great, they do all this stuff for you my hands, by the way I'm wearing mittens today I hope you're not offended, my hands feel a lot better, but I always turn the page at that point because I'm always thinking about the fact that, okay, I need to forgive, forgive the trespasses against me, you know, and Like turning the page. It's almost like this act of, I'm going to try. I'm going to keep working on it. I'm going to keep asking you for the grace to forgive, even those things that hurt the most, even those things that came from those who can hurt me the most, because I love them the most, right? That our Lord came into a family, shows us so well what an important gift that is. And while all the time it's so easy, and I think the devil right now is doing everything he can, A, to attack the family, and we see it all over the place. You don't need me to give you tons of examples. But at the same time, to draw our attention out, it's like, oh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Focus on that. Wait a second. Focus on what's going on at home. Are you loving those that God has given you? Are you striving to forgive the wounds that you've had? Are you striving to ask for forgiveness for those that you've hurt? Are you striving to do what you can there in the midst of your family? And remember, I mean, this, this second reading, I think we ended up with the short form. I don't know why. Turning pages is tough when you're wearing mittens. I apologize. But if we go back here, the end, remember this part. Wives, be subordinate to your husbands as is proper in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and avoid any bitterness toward them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this is pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children so they may not become discouraged. I know that in this day and age, those are fighting words, that it's difficult, that it's offensive and all this. But hey, why does the devil attack the family so much? Because it is so important. Our Lord showed us that by his very incarnation, the context into which he came. Read those first two readings again today. Ask God for the grace to know how to live this out, how to live it out within the context of your family. And one final thing I would say is that in the midst of the catechism, those paragraphs I gave you, it does emphasize the fact once again that the Bible tells us over and over that we have to look out for widows and for orphans. For those that don't have that beautiful context of the family, we are part of the body of Christ. We are part of the great big family. And if you know someone that doesn't have the wonderful context that you have, bring them in. Welcome them in. We're called together to love Christ. He entered into all of this with us. He shows us that together we build this up with one another. We're called to forgive. We're called to love We're called to imitate him. And thanks be to God, we're called to do it as we grow in holiness with his help each and every day. And that's why even if it's cold outside, even if the speaker acts weird, we're going to keep having mass one way or another because he wants to be in your family too. Wants to be in the midst of all of this with you. Wants to give you himself in the Eucharist. To be present in your family just as he was present in his own with Mary and Joseph. My brothers and sisters in Christ, may all of us pray together. May all of us strive to love those our Lord has placed in our life. May all of us strive to build one another up, that we may one day participate in the love that is the heavenly family forever in heaven. Praise be Jesus Christ.